Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. Hello, 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 and welcome back, MD Nation, to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I am bringing you guys the Week 6 Preview Part 1. We're going to talk about the Thursday night game and all the 1 o'clock games in this one, and we even have a early morning London game we're going to get into this week as well. Of course, we're going to have a mailbag segment at the end of the episode, so you're not going to want to miss an entire thing as I will get you guys prepared for your Week 6 matchups. Before we get into all that, I have some exciting news to tell MD Nation uh, for me, for the podcast, for the show, and that is I have been now announced as the fantasy department head of the Belly Up Sports Network. It is a great opportunity that I am so happy and proud to be a part of and get a chance to show what I can do there. So make sure you're following Belly Up Fantasy, Belly Up Sports in general on Twitter at Belly Up Fantasy, and of course for the Belly Up Sports main page at Belly Up Sports as well. And I will be there uh, running the Belly Up Fantasy page there with all the great writers and content producers that are already there in place. It's a wonderful team with wonderful takes, and they have great informative resources that you can be able to utilize. So if you like this show and you want to up your game and get even more content, you can head over there, and I will be working very closely with them from here on out. So just to kind of give you guys an update and let you know what is going on with me, as far as the show goes, it changes absolutely nothing. The podcast will still be the podcast. I still have the website, the www.mdffshow.com website, where you can get all of your rankings and contact me directly through email and have the episodes up. So nothing much really changes for you as the MD Nation listener. It just gives you one more avenue to know about and to go to directly to get information and sources and questions answered to help you win your fantasy matchups. That's what it is all about, and that's why I'm letting you guys know where you can go for great information and great entertainment resources. So that's what's going on with me and the show, and that's going to be our latest news of the day because we have a lot of content that we have to jump into. So we're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, start off with a Thursday night football game. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. So as we get kicked off into our Week 6 matchups here, we talked about a few things leading up to it. We did the recap on Tuesday. We talked about how there's not much of a waiver wire report this week outside of handcuffs. There's just not many players that are really of note that you're actually going to go out there and possibly plug in your lineups, even if it's just for a one-week rental. Not too many guys. And we have a lot of injuries we have to talk about. So there's going to be guys that maybe we didn't talk about in the waiver wire segment that are going to be more valuable than we realized. It wound up being a surprising Wednesday report in some areas. And we're going to get into all that between today's episode and tomorrow's episode. But it's already going to add to the ever-growing list of injury reports that we already knew about before the week started. So uh, really a lot of things that we're going to have to think about. A lot more value being added 
added to the waiver wire as a result, but not really extra in the way of I told you guys who to go get. Pick up these handcuffs. Malcolm Brown, we're going to talk about that Rams game in a little while. Uh, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Giovanni Bernard, Gus Edwards. These are all guys who, if you own the starting backs, you should really try to own if you possibly can. But also, in a week that is light on waiver wire value, if you have an extra roster spot at the moment, a guy that maybe you don't need or souring on, whatever the case may be, and it makes sense to do so, maybe you drop them and take lottery tickets. See if you know somebody winds up getting injured. Take a Chase Edmonds with a David Johnson getting his back locked up and, and see if he's going to wind up being able to play this week. There's certain situations like that where I like to do that on Sundays, only if you have the roster spot. Now, I'm not just dropping anybody just because, but if you have that roster spot, this is one of those weeks where you just go ahead and take lottery tickets. Who is the starter in front of them? Are they banged up already? Do they have a history of being banged up? Maybe you take a shot on one of those guys where possibly if they get hurt in the game, you already have them. Don't have to fight them over in the waiver wire. This is one of those weeks where you start to look at that. Next week, when we get into week seven, week eight, week nine, that's when we're going to start to look forward towards the playoffs. That's when we're going to start to say, hey, you know what? This is where the teams that have the really good records can really start to prepare for their playoff ascension. Start looking for guys who have the best matchups for weeks 14, 15, and 16. And for those amateur hour leagues, week 17 as well. Don't worry, I didn't forget about you. If you've been listening to the show since a year ago, you know that I will definitely harp on those leagues that still play their championship games into week 17 because it is, in fact, 100% amateur hour to be able to do so. But... I will be a gracious host and still be there for you, even while making fun of you, and still give you the best information and content for that week as well. Uh, But just getting into it right now and switching gears, getting into our week six, uh, making sure that we are focused on that because fantasy is a week-to-week game. And you really have to make sure that you are not looking too far ahead, even if you have a very good record, even if you're 5-0 and right now. You still have to make sure you're putting yourself in the best position to try and win as much as possible. And that starts off with making sure that you have the best line for this week. So that kicks us off to our Thursday night matchup between the Giants and New England Patriots in this one. And what we have here is a slaughter. That's what we're going to have on our hands in tonight's game. Uh, Look, the Giants have pretty much nobody healthy. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, all ruled out of this game already. The only one who hasn't been quite ruled out yet is Wayne Gallman. He's expected to be ruled out. So Hillman, Elijah Penny, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate. These are the guys that are going to look to get a ton of volume. The problem is they're going up against the number one defense in the NFL right now, which is the New England Patriots. So my advice to you overall would be to avoid the Giants at all costs. If you find yourself in a situation where you have to play them because there's injuries and there's four teams on by and whatever the case may be. Look, Golden Tate, I don't love it. It's still just the second week back, and in this situation, it's really his second game within a week period of time that he's back now, but volume will go his way. I don't know how much separation he's going to get. I don't know how open he's going to be. I don't know how effective he's going to get, but the volume is going to have to go his way. Darius Slayton, I ain't going anywhere near him. Nope. Don't even care if he has an uptick in volume. It does not matter to me whatsoever. I do not expect Darius Slayton to have much success, if any, against Stephon Gilmore. This is going to be a buzzsaw. It really would not surprise me if the Giants were only to score three points, maybe seven points in this game, and have that be it. It wouldn't shock me. That's all they were able to do, which is why I want to stay away from everybody. Hillman and Elijah Penny, look, they're going to split touches at the very least, and neither one of them looks to have an effective day against the New England Patriots. So I don't know how much production you're going to get there. You're not going to play Danny Dimes. And I'm I'm harping on not playing the Giants because of this reason, because people seem to think that because there's going to be an uptick in volume for these certain guys, there's nobody going to be else to go to the ball to, that that means you should play them for fantasy purposes, that you're going to have a guaranteed volume. Sometimes volume isn't everything if it doesn't matter as far as production goes. You can get 100 touches, but if you're only going to get three yards, you're only going to get three yards. It does not matter how many touches you got to get that three yards. And obviously, I'm speaking hyperbole, and I'm being sarcastic, and I'm being I'm exaggerating, but the fact still remains, none of these guys are going to do very well, and it's very possible the Giants wind up scoring single digits. So 
really the only person I would play if I'm truly desperate because of injuries and because of bye weeks would be Golden Tate. He's going to be moved around. He will line up in the slot with no one there. They'll try to use him, and he will get a, He will definitely have to have a good amount of volume. He will have to be the guy they go to. They are going to be down probably early in this game. They're going to have to throw the ball a ton. So if I absolutely have to back against the wall, play somebody on this game, in this on this team in this game, it would have to be Golden Tate. Have to. On the Patriots side of the ball, you start everyone. I mean, everybody has a chance here to have a great game. Tom Brady, Sony Michelle has a chance to keep his success from the Washington Redskins a week ago going and make it two weeks in a row. A great opportunity at that. It's not, gonna, it's not expected to be very good weather. It's going to be favorable for the running game on top of the fact the Patriots should be dominating this game from start to finish. So Sony Michelle has a great chance to go back-to-back weeks here. James White's a fine start. We'll see on Rex Burkhead what exactly he's going to be able to do. He's questionable heading into this game. We'll see if they even bother to activate him. I don't believe Damian Harris will be activated in this game. So that does bode well for guys like Sony Michelle and for James White. For wide receiver position, you play Edelman. You play Josh Gordon. Philip Dorsett has already been ruled out of this game with the hamstring injury. No surprise there. They don't need him. That could bode well uh, for Josh Gordon more so than anybody because Philip Dorsett would be the other outside wide receiver. So those targets can slide over to him in this matchup. And he's already been getting a healthy amount of targets week in and week out. While he hasn't had the production that you maybe want to have out of Josh Gordon, especially if you're getting eight targets or so a game which is about what he has been averaging this matchup here is a great opportunity for him and as long as he's getting that many targets from Tom Brady I'm going to continue to play Josh Gordon because he's going to have wide receiver two capabilities in that scenario any any given week so I'm not worried about Josh Gordon here at the end of the day uh there's no tight end of note for the Patriots and I don't know if there ever will be uh frankly so we're going to have to see what happens there. Mike Nugent is the kicker now for the New England Patriots. He did miss one last week, but as of right now, he is still on the team. So we'll see if he's able to keep his job heading into this week's matchup. That wraps up for the Thursday game. It's pretty straightforward as to what you guys have to do for your matchups for the players you have. Hopefully, you just have all Patriot players, and hopefully you don't have to lean on any Giants in that game because, man, it's going to be an ugly Thursday night game. The next up game we want to talk about is the London. London game between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the first thing you take out of this game is the fact that really home field advantage is not a factor, obviously, because it's out in London. So it does not matter. All that really matters is what team is able to handle move, flying out to London and being able to make that transition the most smoothly in this week. Tampa Bay is already out there. They flew out there today. I'm unsure about Carolina exactly if they flew out there today or if they're flying out tomorrow, but I do know Tampa Bay has already touched down. As far as your fantasy purposes go, obviously without goes without saying, Christian McCaffrey, great superstar, doesn't matter who he's playing. This is a tough run defense with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's faced other tough run defenses so far this, this year, and outside of one week has been pretty much an RB1 every single one of those weeks. So he's as safe as they come. He's getting such a high work share. It's going to go nowhere. Now, yes, he did not practice today because of a back issue. But the census around the team right now is that there's no real concern when it comes to Christian McCaffrey and being able to suit up this week. But definitely something to keep an eye on. If he was to not go, Reggie Bonifon is the backup running back. We saw him break a big one in last week's game when the Carolina Panthers just decided to run the hell all over the Jacksonville Jaguars, no matter who was back there. So he would be the handcuff. He would be the guy that you would try to play. But like I said, right now the census is that Christian McCaffrey Caffrey is going to be able to play in this game. Keep an eye on it tomorrow. Of course, follow me at MDSFFshow on Twitter for all those player news update notifications, and I'll make sure you guys know exactly what is going on when you need to know it before the rest of the people in your league who don't listen to this show, you will have the edge on them by following me. I guarantee it. So make sure you click on that notifications because you're going to make sure you get every tweet that comes out from me to make sure you get all the updated news that you need to make the best moves that you can do. For the wide receiver, DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, look, Tampa Bay is a great 
great matchup. This is kind of similar to the Arizona matchup when the Carolina Panthers were able to get everyone involved. I don't know if it'll be to that degree. Kyle Allen hasn't played nearly as well since that week, but he has a great opportunity here. Tampa Bay secondary is absolutely abysmal, and there's no reason to think why DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel can't be able to find their way into having at least upside weeks. Now, it was very promising to see last week that DJ Moore was able to get more involved. He you know, had more targets after a couple of weeks there with Kyle Allen as a starter. It was starting to look a little grim because it had been Curtis Samuel two weeks in a row as the lead target man. But once again, last week, DJ Moore led the way, got back up to having a stat line that you used to come to see, which is, you know, about six catches for about 90 or so yards, got back to that. So that was good to see. Curtis Samuel took a backseat to him. Now, Greg Olson was the guy who was not involved at all. I do expect that to change. It's been two weeks now where he hasn't been involved after having a couple of big weeks. I do believe the Carolina Panthers are going to look to get him at least involved in the red zone. Now, right now, after two dud weeks like that, I will not say that Greg Olson is a must stream or a must start at the tight end position that totally depends on what you have available to you and what you have on your team but I will say this if you're in a situation where maybe you're an Evan Ingram owner or any one of the tight ends that are on buys this week Darren Waller for instance for the Oakland Raiders and you're looking for a tight end and Greg Olson is available you could do a lot worse with Greg Olson against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so just to keep that out there you could do a lot worse but just use your judgment in those situations He's not a must stream. He's not a must start for me. So just keep in mind what you have available to you. There are worse options, though, having said all of that. Now, with DJ Moore, look, he's going to be a wide receiver, too going to have some upside. I think he's pretty solid there. You can go ahead and play him. Curtis Samuel is the one who's a little bit more hit or miss. He's a guy who's always going to be a wide receiver four who has upside, maybe a low-end wide receiver three who has upside. This is a game where he could possibly have upside. I do like him for PPR purposes, or if you're looking for somebody who might have an opportunity to hit a home run, this is that type of matchup where he should have that chance. So just kind of keep that in mind with the matchup. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of the ball here, uh, Jameis Winston is somebody who I do think you can play. I know last week he didn't have the greatest of games, but he didn't lose it for you. Still came away with 17 points. He didn't turn over the ball. So I do think Jameis Winston, who did play well from an NFL standpoint against the Carolina Panthers in their first meeting, has a chance here to get back on track as far as fantasy purposes go. They didn't get Mike Evans involved at all last week. I do think there's going to be a big emphasis on getting Mike Evans the ball this week. He wasn't involved that much against Carolina Panthers the first time around either. And after this week with Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston both coming out and saying that they have to get Mike Evans the ball if they want to try to win games, if that is the mindset, he will get force-fed this week. It reminds me a lot of what we saw last week with Deshaun Watson and that that offense and how they came out with a chip on their shoulder because they were so disappointed in their performance from the week before and they knew they had a matchup in which they had an opportunity to get right. That's exactly what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going through right now and I do think if Jameis Winston is a much better fantasy quarterback when he's force feeding Mike Evans the ball rather than Chris Godwin because usually that spells out to be more bigger plays, more touchdowns when he's able to get both of these guys going. That is going to be the focus. Carolina Panthers are a middle of the road secondary. There's nobody on there that scares me and I do think he's going to have a much better fantasy game than he did the first time around with these guys. So I do think Jameis Winston is somebody who you're going to be either able to stream or play as a low-end QB1. I'm still staying away from the running back position. I, I just... Look, I know someone's going to have value. I know someone's going to have a decent day. Maybe both of them do. Both of them had decent days last week. But... At the end of the day, I don't know how you can trust exactly what kind of workload because it's been so sporadic between the two of these. One week, it's all Ronald Jones. The next week, it's all Peyton Barber. And then you get another week where you have them splitting 50-50 down the middle. There's nothing here you can trust. Carolina Panthers are not the easiest team in the world to run on. It's not a great matchup for them here. So that's why I would love to go with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones and just leave them on my bench if at all possible for you guys. Or in Peyton Barber's case, really, I leave him on the waiver wire. The only guy I want to own is Ronald Jones because I think he has the best chance to possibly pull ahead at some point this season, but that may never happen either. 
for us, I touched a little bit based on the wide receivers. You have to start Mike Evans. Obviously, Chris Godwin's been great, so there's absolutely no question marks there. But stick with Mike Evans in this game, even if you have him. Yes, he's somebody who's been a sell for me. I told you guys to sell high after the Giants game because I do think this he was just in a situation where he's just not going to be very consistent. Chris Godwin's going to be the guy who consistently has the better matchups. And thus far, Jameis Winston had been just fine not force-feeding the ball to Mike Evans, especially if he can trust to go to Chris Godwin in a plus matchup on his side. Now, going into this week and maybe moving forward, that mindset will change to some degree, but I do think it will resort back to the fact that Chris Godwin's going to have better matchups in most weeks. So stick with Mike Evans. If he has a big week this week, maybe think about selling high on him if you possibly can. But for now, as long as you have Mike Evans on your team, you have to continue to start him. OJ Howard, look, there's not you can't start OJ Howard. And frankly, if you don't want to roster two tight ends, which I think in most situations you really would not want to do, I, I don't know how you roster OJ Howard at this point. Until there's some drastic change in the offense with how they're distributing the ball, with how they're calling plays, because the biggest problem is while OJ Howard's on the field 24-7, because they are consistently having him help out in blocking, and he's not going out and running patterns almost ever, which is mind-boggling to me, you can't trust that OJ Howard's going to be put in situations that he's going to be able to produce. Plain and simple. He's an abs- absolutely phenomenal talent, and he's been one of the biggest disappointments from Bruce Arians so far this season is that Bruce Arians has done absolutely nothing to get him going and he is an x-factor passing attack that would really help Jameis Winston out and help this offense out if he was being able to be more utilized in the passing game and not only have they not done so but they haven't even really shown an interest in trying to find different ways to get him the football so I would really stay away from OJ Howard if at all possible in this game. Our next matchup that we're here going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland came off of a terrible game on Monday night. They are better than what they played as. We saw it the previous week against the Baltimore Ravens. That is more what I expect out of Cleveland. Maybe not to that dominance of factor, but I expect their offense to be able to be balanced. I expect their offense to be able to be productive. If you have Odell Beckham, it's been a tough road. I don't know what you're going to... If you sell him right now, you're only going to get pennies on the dollar. That's it. That's all you're going to get for Odell Beckham. So kind of similar to the Mike Evans situation, you have to stick with him. If he's on your team, you have to start him. The Browns are trying to get him the ball. I don't know why they can't figure out ways to actually get him the ball as a wide receiver because, you know, that would make sense, but that's not what they're doing. And they're, you know, they're having him throw trick plays and they're having him do end arounds. The end arounds are fine. The end arounds are helpful, but they have to start doing a better job of getting him involved as an actual wide receiver. That has to start this week. Seattle hasn't been great against wide receivers. This is not a matchup that you are afraid of here, and it is in Cleveland. So all of those things help. Uh, and like I said, Cleveland is a lot better than what we saw last week. Maybe Baker having to get benched at the end of that game and how they were pulverized and how terribly he played will light a fighter, fire under him to start playing better. Maybe he'll go in without Deshaun Watson chip on his shoulder. It's not the greatest of all matchups for that to actually happen, but it's not a bad one either. So all you really need to do right now, Baker Mayfield is not somebody you're playing in fantasy football. He's not somebody you're rostering right now. But what you need him to do is to play with a chip on his shoulder, is to play better, cleaner, get the ball out faster. You need Freddie Kitchens to also help with that. Find way. Why is Odell Beckham constantly... They're not moving him around. It's driving me crazy. Even the Giants knew to move Odell Beckham all over the field. They are lining him up on the outside, and they were making him go deep every play. That's it. That's all they're doing. With the And now, you know, last couple of weeks, they've added in the occasional end-around, occasional trick play. But when he lines up as a wide receiver, he's lining up on the outside, and he's going deep. And that's the problem. Move him around. You have versatile pieces with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. And now that you have Antonio Callaway, who, even though he can't catch the ball, he can get open. He can make a defense have to respect the fact that he could take the top off. You have that. So utilize your players correctly. So we we need Freddie Kitchens to also start coaching better too. But look for that to change. Like I said, this offense is too talented to continue down this path all season long. So I do think better days are ahead. But you're going to have to see better play out of Baker Mayfield. You're going to see better play calling out of Freddie Kitchens. 
Maybe you will this week because there is going to start to be an emphasis for Cleveland to do something because they came into this season with high expectations. So if they continue to disappoint, you can bet your ass that there's going to be changes to be made, whether it be through coaching style or scapegoats will have to be made because no one's going to stand for this when you went out and made the moves that they did this season if they're not going to have a chance to make the playoffs. So that is what you have going for. And why is that helpful for you for fantasy? It's helpful for you for fantasy to know that if a team is in a state of disarray, that there's a good chance that they are going to try different things throughout the season until they find something that works, which means that you always have hope. You always have that upside that the players that you have on that team will have an opportunity to be able to bounce back for you for fantasy purposes. So that's why that's important important. That's why what's going on in those situations is important for your fantasy team if you have these players. But if you have Odell, you have Jarvis Landry, you have to start him. The guy who's been safe is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's been getting a healthy workload. He's been able to produce. So no matter what the offense does, and even when the offense gets better, Nick Chubb is going to still be really good until Kareem Hunt comes back from suspension. And then we'll have a whole other list of can of worms that we're going to have to talk about when that happens. But until that happens, Nick Chubb is about as safe as they come as an RB1 right now with the workload that he is getting. Plain and simple. On the Seattle Seahawks side of the ball... I look Cleveland's defense should be better this week because they are going to get Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams back. They were able to practice today. They are expected to play this week. So that's going to really hinder DK Metcalf most of all. I don't think DK Metcalf has a big week this week. I think that you can go ahead and bench him. I know he's been great. I know he's been a guy who's been able to get that one big play for you and make yourself fantasy relevant. I don't think he gets that big play because he's the one who's going to be seeing Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams most of the time because Tyler Lockett will line up in the slot. That's where the mismatch is going to be. Lockett, I continue to play him. He's a guy who's just in a good situation, who more times than not is going to be fed the football from Russell Wilson, and he always has that big play potential. So Tyler Lockett's been one of my favorite guys all season long as far as wide receiver twos go because he has a safe floor and the highest of ceilings with the capabilities that he has as well. So he's been one of my favorite guys so far this season. He continues to be that in this matchup. Will Disley continues to be a tight end one that you continue to have to play. Obviously, you got to play Chris Carson. You just saw what the 49ers are able to do in the run game against this team. That should continue here. And if you're a Chris Carson owner, make sure you're owning Rashad Penny. Look, Chris Carson has not stayed healthy for an entire season at all at any point in his career. He's been healthy so far, but he's been getting a heavy workload. It may only be a matter of time. Just make sure you're prepared and you have Rashad Penny. And of course, you have to start Russell Wilson, who's been a top five QB one for fantasy football purposes. So it doesn't stop here. You do have to start him. He's been playing really, really hot and well as of late and been running more and more and has been boating well for his fantasy value. We're going to take a quick break. We have more games we got to talk about on the other side for week six. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Coming out of the break, we have what is going to definitely be the highest scoring game of the week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans for week six. And the reason why it's going to be so high scoring is, well, pretty simple. Great offenses, bad, terrible, terrible defenses. Pretty similar to what we saw out of the Houston and the Falcons game a week ago. I don't see why it would be much different. Look, Patrick Mahomes was able to practice today, so he... Even though it was a limited capacity, he should be good to go on Sunday. Sammy Watkins did not practice with the hamstring issue. He, I would say he would be a real concern in being able to play next week. We know soft tissue injuries are an issue with him. And after the fact that he was only able to come in for the first snap and then pretty much left for the rest of the game after that, I wouldn't necessarily trust him being able to come in and show up against the Houston Texans. And even if he did somehow magically play, I don't think I would play him for fantasy purposes until he proves to me that he's actually healthy 
after what he probably did to some of your fantasy lineups this past week when he was able to go and you put him in your lineup and then wound up only getting a snap out of him with no production before he went out for the rest of the game. So he's in a situation right now for fantasy owners that he's going to have to prove to you that he's healthy before you can put him back into your uh, lineups or there has to be, or he's going to have to practice in full one, one or the other, either show you in the game or practice in full until you can trust to play him again. The good news for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs is that Tyreek Hill has a very legitimate opportunity to play this week. Now, head coach Andy Reid came out and said that he would really like Tyreek Hill to be practiced in full at some point this week to confirm his status and his medical clearance for suiting up this Sunday, but it seemed to be trending in that direction last week when he was able to practice limited all week long last week. He was practicing limited again today. But that was to be expected. We're going to look out for him tomorrow. We're going to look out for him on Friday to see if he's able to get a full day in. If he's able to, there's a very real chance that we're going to have Tyreek Hill back and available to us this week. And that does seem to be the census. And now with the Sammy Watkins injury, there's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis on seeing if they can truly bring Tyreek Hill back this week. Because you saw against the Colts that Patrick Mahomes on a bum ankle without Hill and without Watkins can be mortal. That's what we saw against the Indianapolis Colts. There can be a way to slow him down if he does not have any of his natural weapons that he can go to outside of Travis Kelsey in the running game. So I do think there's going to be more of an emphasis to see, hey, can Tyreek Hill go? And if he can, let's get him out there because they're probably going to actually need him this week. So I do think that also bodes well for Tyreek Hill owners uh, heading into week six, that you're probably going to have a good shot to have him back. Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Darrell Williams. I think that is one, that's the order that the touches and running back situation is in. I know LaShawn McCoy got kind of got put in doghouse a little bit after he fumbled last week's game. He's still learning how to pass protect or learning the offense, I should say, with them. But as he progresses, as it goes through, he's still their best runner, period. Still 100% their best runner. And I, him and Damian Williams, I do believe both can have flex to RB2 type of value week in and week out because offense is going to put them in opportunities to be able to score and get meaningful fantasy points. LaShawn McCoy is the runner you want to have. He's the guy who I think is going to get you the rushing touchdowns. Now I know last week they brought in Darrell Williams in the goal line and that was concerning, but I think that had more to do with the fact after LaShawn McCoy fumbled. And the one thing about Andy Reid is while he might put you in the doghouse during that game and he might take you out of it, he's not usually a coach who puts you in the doghouse for long, especially when it comes to a guy like LaShawn McCoy when they have such a rapport together. So I don't think this is something that's going to haunt him moving forward. So I still think he has flex appeal even in this matchup with the Houston Texans because I do think they're going to have to lean on Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy even if they do get Tyreek Hill back because they still will be a man down in the offense. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Travis Kelsey, obviously you're playing him, but the big thing that we want to talk about here with Travis Kelsey is we need to see him bounce back. He was disappointing last week. He had a couple of really key drops. And the fact is, other than one game so far this season, he hasn't really topped over going 70 or 80 yards. 
He hasn't. He's only scored once. That was the same game he went over 100 yards. And Outside of that, you're getting 70 to 80 yards out of him, and that's been about it, which is a little bit disappointing because the great thing about Travis Kelsey and why you drafted him so high was because that he was a tight end who could put up wide receiver one type of numbers. So look for him to bounce back. Look for him to play better and look for him to be more involved. And when this offense is humming, everyone is going to get their turn. So you don't have to worry about that. On the Houston Texans side of the ball, again, you start everybody. Deshaun Watson, you start Carlos Hyde. It's a great matchup for him. He has a great opportunity to get a goal line touchdown, kind of similar to what he did a week ago. He continues to dominate the touches out of the backfield between him and Duke Johnson. It's not even close. So I do think Carlos Hyde's a guy that you can go ahead and play as a flex play this week too. Obviously, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins, and obviously, not just because of the big game last week, but because of the matchup and the potential of a shootout again this week, you have to play Will Fuller. Kenny Stills, at this point, while he may practice, even though he he was able to practice in a limited capacity all of last week and did not uh, play, that may wind up being the same situation this week. And if Kenny Stills is not out there, Will Fuller has nobody to share the deep ball threat duties with, so therefore, it gives him more of his old role back. I think that's the biggest thing that we saw last week was that without Kenny Stills, Will Fuller gets to be the solo deep man in that offense. And it really, I think, shows you how much Stills was kind of eating into his potential production so far this season. So if he doesn't have Kenny Stills and you're going up against Kansas City Chiefs, I really like Will Fuller a lot here. Not to put up 200 yards and three touchdowns, but to possibly have a big play type of game with a big ceiling. Kiki Kute, if Kenny Stills does not play, I do think Kute is somebody who can maybe be put in as a wide receiver floor that you can put in your flex and PPR leagues only and know that he's in a situation that he should get some production and some playing time as well. Jordan Thomas and Jordan Atkins, look, with two, with both of these guys, right, I'm sorry, not... Uh, <laughs> Jordan Atkins and Darren Fells, excuse me, with the both of these guys right now, they're just splitting too much into each other's workload. You don't know who to trust. You don't know who the guy that Deshaun Watson is going to go to in the end zone more times than not. So that is why right now I still can't trust the Houston Texans tight end, even though they have been fairly productive over the past couple of weeks, because you don't know which one it's going to be on any given week. So you can't really trust either one of them for fantasy purposes. The next game up that we have to talk about here is the Washington Redskins and the Miami Dolphins, and hence why I emphasize the have to talk about, because it is, in fact, a game that is happening this week. So we're going to see our first action with Jay Gruden fired and Bill Callahan taking over as the interim head coach. And the first thing he said that he wanted to do when taking over as the head coach is that he wanted to reestablish the run game, run Adrian Peterson against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, that's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan at all. Uh, especially going up against the Dolphins this week. Now, this might be the one week where you find success with it, and that is why AP was on my waiver wire report as a one-week rental because this would be the week that I would play him in the flex and feel confident that I at least should have a floor with a possibility of a ceiling. But unless Trent Williams comes back on this team, I don't think Adrian Peterson really has much value as far as the season long goes. Uh, Look, they're going to have to become a better blocking team before really any running back outside of Chris Thompson and PP our leagues is going to have the opportunity to be able to produce anything worth a, value, a fantasy note. So that is what you have to keep in mind. But against the Miami Dolphins, you don't necessarily need the best offensive line in the, in the world. So as long as Adrian Peterson is in the situation to get a good amount of touches, which I do think he will be this week, I do think he has a pretty high floor. You can play him in the flex with a guy that you know might have a ceiling because of the matchup here. Case Keenum is going to be the starting quarterback as long as he is healthy enough to go, according to Bill Callahan. So that's what we're looking at. And if it's not Case Keenum, from what I understand, it would be Colt McCoy. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. You're going up against the Miami Dolphins. Your team is 0-5. You're out of it for this year. The team, Washington Redskins, are just simply not good enough to compete this year. Uh, Being that you have your franchise quarterback, I don't know what you have to lose by throwing him out there. It doesn't make any sense to me why Dwayne Haskins wouldn't be the guy from here on out. doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But this is a fantasy football show. We're not here to talk about NFL. So that's what we're looking at with Case Keenum. Look. 
Terry McLaurin, he's the only pass catcher of the Washington Redskins that I give a damn about, that I think can have a chance to perform well from a week-to-week basis. And Terry McLaurin's going to be in my lineup as a high-end wide receiver too this week in a plus matchup against the Miami Dolphins, no matter who the quarterback is. Because he's been able to produce no matter who's throwing him the ball. Another reason why I think Dwayne Haskins should be the starter this week is because he would actually emphasize and help amplify uh, Terry McLaurin there. But, you know, whatever. It's not going to happen, apparently. I'm not the coach. I don't know what Bill Callahan thinks he has to gain by playing Case Keenum. I don't know what the Washington Redskins organization thinks they have to gain by playing Case Keenum. But that's where they're going with right now. To me, I kind of felt like that's why Jay Gruden got fired. Because obviously your team's not good enough to win now. And you still refuse to play the rookie. But whatever. We're going to see. Bill Callahan's not going to be the head coach moving forward either. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Chris Thompson... I like him as a very low-end PPR-only format. Uh, Even half-point PPR standard, I'm staying away from. Yes, it's the Miami Dolphins, but the problem that you're going to run into here is because I do think there's going to be an emphasis on getting Adrian Peterson the ball, and there's not like this game should run away from them. So because of that, Chris Thompson may not be as involved as he could be, and it may be because of that that he gets limited in this game. But if you're in a full-point PPR league... I think there's a lot worse options than Chris Thompson against the Miami Dolphins this week, and I do think he can be a flex play for you. On the Dolphins side of the ball, this could actually be the first week where I would contemplate playing guys. Now, look, it would solely be based on your team being, you know, decimated by injury. Not necessarily decimated, but dealing with injuries on your lineups or the fact that you have a few key guys that are one or one of the four teams that are on by this week. That's what it would stem to. But I do think Kenyon Drake with Kalen Blush finally taking a back seat and Mark Walton being the only other guy who's a little bit banged up now too, by the way, uh, with Kenyon Drake, I do think this is a game that we might see Kenyon Drake get a decent amount of touches and be able to do something, I, especially coming off the bye. I think there's a chance that either Devontae Parker or Preston Williams are able to do something fairly fantasy productive with the football, maybe even both. I mean, if I'm going to bet on one, right now I'm going to bet on Preston Williams. Well, I think Devontae Parker is the veteran, the more established guy. Preston Williams, since Josh Rosen's taken over, and even the one week before that with Ryan Fitzpatrick, has been the leading receiver in targets every single week for the Dolphins. Now, like I said, they're on by last week. We'll see if that continues, but so far that has been what we have seen. And therefore, with Preston Williams getting more opportunity, especially if I'm in half-point or full-point PPR leagues, give me the guy who has the bigger floor, and that's the guy getting the more touches, which would be Preston Williams in this instance. But I do think both of them, they have great matchups. Josh Rosen has been playing fairly competently over the past few weeks, going on the bye, going up against the Washington Redskins. I think if you, I think if you're stuck in a jam... And you have nowhere, you don't know where to go as far as finding a guy's. I think you could play Preston Williams, you could play Devontae Parker, and know that you have serviceable players. Now, where that goes away is if Albert Wilson winds up playing. And he might practice this week, but if he was to be active this week, I would stay away from everybody because then all of a sudden it's going to be too many mouths to feed. You're not going to know exactly where the ball is going to go. But this might be the one week where I would actually contemplate playing a Miami Dolphin in my starting lineup, as surprising as that is to hear uh, out loud, quite frankly. Next game up we want to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. It's a tough matchup for both teams here. You have the you have the Eagles here, probably no Deshaun Jackson. He wasn't able to practice today. Uh, they are considering him day-to-day, so maybe if he's able to get out in the practice field on Thursday and Friday, maybe he could find a way to suit up. But as of right now, the expectation is that it will be at least one more week. If that winds up being the case, that means Alshon Jeffries is going to see Xavier Rhodes, and that means the Eagles are not going to have a legitimate threat to be able to take the top off of the defense. If they ha- can't do that, the Minnesota Vikings defense is pretty good, has been playing pretty well, and if, they're, if they know they can keep everything in front of them against this Eagle team, may be able to start teeing off. Not a great matchup here for Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders, They are you already have to deal with them splitting touches the way it is, and this isn't a very good matchup for them either. This is not a great game. If Carson Wentz is your QB one and has been all week, or has been all season, I should say, then yeah, you're gonna have to probably stick with him. But if you've been streaming guys or if you have another quarterback, I would maybe look for a better option of Carson Wentz. Basically, the only Eagle who I will trust to play is Zach Ertz. 
just because he's tight end one. He's had a consistent volume, and while his production hasn't been anywhere near as high as you wanted it to be, I think he's one of the safe guys against the Minnesota Vikings. The tight ends usually they're one small Achilles heel that you can kind of take advantage of, and I do think because of the healthy production that he has seen from a week-to-week basis, he is somebody that you can continue to play. But outside of that, I don't love it. Also, on Jeffrey, you may not have a better option, but I don't love him against Xavier Rhodes. So if you if you can find a better option, I would actually talk about benching Alshon Jeffrey this week. But I do know a lot of teams, especially if you're in deeper leagues, you're probably not going to have a better option, so therefore you play him. But I don't love the matchup here. I don't love his ceiling and going up against Xavier Rhodes. Now, some of the same turbulence comes from the Minnesota Vikings here. We know they're a team that likes to run the football. Dalvin Cook has been absolutely amazing. But the Philadelphia Eagles are the number one rush-stopping defense in the NFL. This is not going to be an easy matchup for Dalvin Cook. And we saw what we did against Chicago. He was able to get in the end zone, but they did limit him. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had tough sledding ahead of them against the Eagles in this one. Now, the great thing about Dalvin Cook is that he's matchup-proof in the sense of he's going to be involved in the passing game. He's going to receive there. So he's always going to have a floor. He's always going to have an opportunity to score a touchdown with this offense. So all those things bode well for uh, for Dalvin Cook for the reason why he is a matchup proof type of player that you can go to, but just don't expect a typical Dalvin Cook type of ceiling heading into this week's matchup. And maybe that forces you to adjust accordingly in the rest of your lineup. I don't know, but just keep a level expectation heading into this week. The big thing that you want to talk about here is Kirk Cousins and the wide receivers. It looks like they turned a corner a little bit. Like I said, going into that matchup, I wasn't sure exactly how they were going to approach that. And they kind of didn't do either of the one things that I was worried about. They didn't involve Adam Thielen. And that was I was pretty sure it was going to be an Adam Thielen game over a Stephon Diggs game against the Giants. But the one thing they didn't do is they didn't necessarily go out all aggressive to get the passing game going and get the confidence momentum going, but they didn't go full conservative and run the football either. They had a healthy balance between the two, which I think is something more that they're going to have to be able to do of, but Kirk Cousins played a lot better. Adam Thielen got fed the football, and Stephon Diggs was out there. Now, Stephon Diggs did not have a great game, but this game against the Eagles. A team that has a pass rush is going to force Kirk Cousins to get the ball out of his hands more quickly. A team that is very susceptible on the perimeter, especially to wide receivers who have speed. Stephon Diggs is the guy who should have the better matchup in this game and should be the wide receiver over Adam Thielen heading into this particular matchup. The good thing about this game is I do think it's going to be competitive for all four quarters, so both teams are going to have to stay aggressive throughout the game, which bodes well for guys like Stephon Diggs and for Adam Thielen. I think you can play both of them this week as a as wide receiver twos with upside in a great matchup here against the Eagles. Kirk Cousins, uh, it's still going to be, he's, if he does well this game, Kirk Cousins in certain matchups will come back to my streaming quarterback radar. But it has to be two weeks in a row. So he did good last week and against an opponent that he should do good against. And the same thing happens this week. He should perform well against a terrible New York Giants, I'm sorry, a terrible Philadelphia Eagles secondary. So if he's able to perform well a second week in a row, it'll go back to, in certain matchups, you can go ahead and stream Kirk Cousins. And that, of course, will also bode well for the wide receivers moving forward. Our next game up is the New Orleans Saints- and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're going to talk about that game right after this break. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. Now, one thing cool about the Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars game is that we have a lot of up-and-coming fantasy stars in this matchup. I mean, Leonard Fournette has been on a tear as of late, but yet he's running into a tough matchup here against New Orleans Saints. The same thing goes for DJ Chark. He has been on a tear as late as well, but now he's going to go up against Marshawn Lattimore, who has not been getting nearly as much credit as he deserves, especially given the fact that he just blanked Mike Evans a week ago. He's still one of the top-notch corners who I want no part in facing if I ever have the opportunity to avoid it. And that's why DJ Chark is somebody who, because he's been so good, will probably still have to stay in your lineups as a wide receiver 3 
three as a flex play. But this week, he cannot be considered a wide receiver two and not considered a must start. Clearly, he is a guy who is picked up off of waivers, so you probably drafted someone else over him, and you may have other options as a result. And what I am telling you is that against Marshawn Lattimore, he's not a must-start. Now, I am not definitely going to bench him. Like I said, I still think he's a wide receiver three. Gardner Minshew continues to go to him. They have been moving him around into the slot a little bit, and he's still been by far the most targeted wide receiver in the red zone for this team. I just don't like the matchup here against Marshawn Lattimore. I do think Lattimore is a type of corner who could take him away and really limit the output that he will have the potential to put up in this game. So I do think if you have other options, if you have better options, it may be prudent for you to go in that direction. But he's not a definite must bench for me. I mean, and with Leonard Fournette going up against the New Orleans Saints, we know how tough of a run defense is. Now, the one thing that helps Jacksonville, like Fournette and Chark here, is that it's in Jacksonville. It's not in New Orleans. You're not playing in the Dome. The defense isn't quite as good on the road as, as it is at home, but still something to be concerned about. It's still a hard team to run on. The thing about Leonard Fournette has been he's always had a safe floor because he has an insane amount of volume in his work share load, and that's not going to go away here against the New Orleans Saints, so that's why you're not going to worry about it at the end of the day. He's obviously still going to start for you. You just may want to limit what your expectations are. And as far as Gardner Minshew, yes, he's entered the category now where he's been too good too consistently to ignore it, where he is a streaming quarterback from a week-to-week basis. But this is not a matchup in which I'm looking to stream Gardner Minshew, mostly because I don't like the matchup for his number one wide receiver, DJ Chark. I think D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, the output that they have, their roles within the offense, are not predictable, are too widely had to have too much of a wide range as far as what you can expect out of them. I think if he doesn't have his guy that he's able to go to on a consistent basis, it does limit his ability to be a fantasy-relevant quarterback. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's a very real possibility this winds up being a very low-scoring affair here in Jacksonville between the Saints and the Jaguars, especially if Jalen Ramsey is able to come back. We'll see if that can wind up being the case for the Jaguars. But I don't think this is the game in which I would want to play Gardner Minshew or stream Gardner Minshew. There's going to be other matchups ahead that I do think you are going to be able to do that. And he's entered that category. But outside of Leonard Fournette and DJ Chark, I don't, I still don't think that there are Jackson Jaguar players that you can lean on and be able to play in your fantasy lineups with any confidence. On the Saints side of the ball, obviously you keep killing, playing Kamara. Even if Jalen Ramsey comes back, obviously you keep playing Michael Thomas. Their ceilings may be a little bit dimmer as far as how high your expectations can go for them, but they're still the main offense. They're still superstars. They're still the guys who are going to get the ball. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, don't overthink it. Just play them. But there's no, there's no one else to play here. Don't play Jared Cook. Even coming off of a game with a touchdown, don't play Teddy Bridgewater. I think that should go without saying. Jacksonville in Jacksonville definitely shouldn't be streaming a guy who's just a streamworthy quarterback at best in the best matchups possible. So I don't think there's anybody else on the Saints that's worth talking about either because no one else has been able to really establish themselves on a consistent basis for fantasy purposes. That includes Jared Cook. So the next game that we have to talk about is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. On the Bengals side of the ball, we will start there. You have to continue to start Joe Mixon as a low-end RB2. He has been better as the season has grown on, has been more productive. They have been using him more in the passing game. The one thing that it does worry me about this game is that without having John Ross, without having a guy in their team that can take the top off of a defense and make them have to be respectable and have to be at least somewhat balanced, does really hurt Joe Mixon because he needs all the help he can get to get some guys out of the box because that offensive line is terrible. Now, the one thing going in his direction is that while Brandon Williams might be back for the Baltimore Ravens, Tony Jefferson's done for the year, and he's a big part of their run defense as well. So 
there are some things here that are going in Joe Mixon's favor, that and volume. So we have to start him as an RB2, but just limit your expectations as far as how high his ceiling can possibly be this week. Andy Dalton's obviously been a guy who's been a streaming-worthy quarterback, but this is not a game in which I'm going to stream him in Baltimore against Baltimore. Uh, and as far as the wide receivers go, Tyler Boyd, I think he's another guy that you have to play. The volume is going to be there. This has been a pass-heavy offense, especially in PPR leagues. Tyler Boyd is a very, very, very high-end wide receiver three with a very solid wide receiver two type of uh, pre- predictability, consistency that he's been able to have. Doesn't really have a high ceiling, but doesn't have too low of a floor either in any given week, especially when you're talking about him in PPR leaks. So I do think Tyler Boyd is somebody you have to continue to play in this one. But outside of that, I am not starting anybody on the Cincinnati Bengals team that's not named Joe Mixon or Tyler Boyd heading into this matchup in Baltimore in Baltimore. As far as the Ravens side goes, look, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram all didn't practice today. Now, of those, Mark Ingram, his not practicing was not injury related. They're just giving him a maintenance day off. So he's fine. He's going to be fine. Marquise Brown is something we're going to have to watch. He left that game with the ankle issue. He was never able to return. So we are going to have to keep an eye on what he's able to do in practice. Hopefully he can go because this is definitely a matchup in which you want to play every Raven you possibly can. As far as Mark Andrews goes, he has reportedly recovered from the foot, but he's just listed with a shoulder injury now. He did Got banged up. He did leave the game for a little bit. Was able to come back in. The census around him right now is he is going to play this week. And as long as Mark Andrews is going to play this week, he is a tight end one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. He is number one. Lamar Jackson, obviously, he's, he's QB1 so far through the first five weeks of the season. Playing against Cincinnati Bengals, you play Lamar Jackson. That's all there is to it. Plain and simple. Even if they don't have to lean on his passing ability, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to put up big fantasy points in this game. This is a great matchup. You want to be able to play anybody who's available to you. That pretty much wraps up the 1 o'clock games. So we're going to get back to you guys tomorrow on Friday with the rest of the matchups, with the 4 o'clock, the Sunday night, the Monday night games for you guys. As far as this episode goes... We're going to take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We got the mailbag segment to get to, one of my favorite parts of the show, and then we'll close down the episode. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts, but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. Now, remember for the mailbag episode, you can always contact me on social media for any of your fantasy football questions, whether they be start sit, whether they be trades, whether you just want advice on what I, what I have an opinion on for a player for the rest of the season, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you ask me a fantasy football question, I will get back to you with an informative response to help you make a great decision and to help you be able to form whatever your opinion winds up to being. But I will also give you an opportunity to possibly be shouted out on the show during this episode on Thursday or on the second preview episode on Friday. So it's a great little way to get your name out there. And I will show you some recognition because I really appreciate you being part of MD Nation and using me as a tool for your fantasy football purposes. I really do appreciate that. I appreciate the trust and I don't take it lightly at all. So in light of that, you can always contact me on Twitter at MDSFFshow. You can contact me through uh, Facebook at MDFFshow, or you can direct email me through the website www.mdffshow.com. I will be available to you in any one of those capacities for you. Like I said, I will definitely answer you, and then you can have a chance to be on the show too. So in light of that, the questions that I chose this week were some pretty good ones. I was pretty happy with the list that I had to choose from. And starting off, I have Andrew from Twitter. He asked me, what would you trade? Well, or so, excuse me, would you trade Joe Mixon for carry on Johnson straight up? Now, he doesn't say exactly what kind of league it is, whether it's a PPR league standard half point. But in this instance, because we're talking about running back for running back, it doesn't really matter too much. Now for this one here, we have 
you know, a situation where they're both RB2s, but Carryon Johnson is a curious situation right now. Look, he's on a better team. He's on a better offense right at the moment. And leading up into the bye week, he was getting 20-plus touches a game ever since they got rid of C.J. Anderson. All things that you really want to see. But what we saw before they went on the bye week was the fact that he fumbled in two key situations against the Kansas City Chiefs that could arguably be made that he cost them the game on. And they should have won had he not especially fumbled, not fumbled at the goal line. So that's what you're looking at here. So what what decisions do you make based off of that? Because since they just came out of the bye, we don't know if he was able to pull himself out of the doghouse as a result. We don't know. We don't know if that was a, was a possibility or not. So what we have to take in consideration here is that he, perhaps he didn't pull himself out of the doghouse before that game. Maybe, maybe not. But what we do know is he's still going to be the lead back moving forward. We know he's on a better offense than Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon is in no question of losing any kind of touches. They have Giovanni Bernard there, but as long as Mixon's on the field, Bernard is held to a 30 to 35% work share. So Mixon's floor is safer because of the volume, but because of the offensive situations, because Carrion was gaining momentum, especially in touches leading up to it, I do think that I would possibly entertain the idea of trading Joe Mixon for Carrion Johnson. I think my deciding factor would be to look into who do you think has the better playoff matchups. Uh, if you really want to look down the road, who's going to pay off better for you in the long run. But I do think right now, trading Joe Mixon for Carrion Johnson is not so crazy and something that you could actually go ahead and possibly do. For our next questions that we have up here, we're going to go to Morris from Facebook asking, Allison, Nelson Aguilar, or Darius Slayton this week? Well, look, Morris, definitely not Darius Slayton, as I talked about that earlier on in the show, and definitely not Nelson Aguilar. Look, we saw Nelson Aguilar do next to nothing since Alshon Jeffrey has been back. So apparently everyone has to be hurt in order for Nelson Aguilar to actually be thrown the football from Carson Wentz. Not something I'm going to count on. I don't love Geronimo Allison here, but with no Devontae Adams going up against the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football, I don't expect that the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to have the same success they had running the football against the Dallas Cowboys as they will on the Detroit Lions. I don't think it's going to be the same. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to go for four touchdowns. I don't think he's going to go for nearly 200 yards from scrimmage in this game, which means they're going to have to lean on somebody else outside of Aaron Jones. I do think Geronimo Allison is a better red zone threat than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think while there's no Devontae Adams, he is the better route runner and chain mover that Aaron Rodgers is more likely to to look to. So I don't love any of these three wide receivers. And quite frankly, I really hope Morris that you are playing in some deeper leagues because otherwise, if you are in a 10 or even a 12 team league, and those are the choices that you have for a starting spot, your wide receiver position this, this week, I dread that your team may not wind up holding up very well. So hopefully in your deeper league, if that's your choices that you have. And of those, I would have to say, I'd have to lean towards Geronimo Allison for this given week. He seems to be the lesser of the evil out of the group that you had me choose from. Next up, I want to talk about is Cirilla from email. She asked me, should I trade Tyrell Williams for Carlos Hyde in a standard league? And the answer to that question is 100% absolutely yes. Look, first of all, as we're talking about standard league, so running back position in general is way more valuable. But more so than anything else, Oakland Raiders are on a bye this week, so maybe Tyrell Williams is able to come back healthy next week. But other than week one, Tyrell Williams has been able to score a touchdown in every single week, but has not been able to put up more than 35 yards other than, like I said, other than week one, because he had 100 yards in week one. Other than that, it's been 30, 35 yards and a touchdown, and that's what's kept him fantasy relevant. He's not going to score a touchdown every single week. Now, he is going to be the number one red zone pass catcher for the Oakland Raiders. That is without a doubt, because he's the only guy there really to catch balls in that situation, outside of Darren Waller, who doesn't have a red zone touchdown yet, which makes absolutely no sense. But that's also another reason why that Tyra Williams is probably going to see a down tick in his touchdown production because I do think Darren Waller eventually has to get involved in the red zone himself. 
And with the additions of adding more volume to Josh Jacobs, they're going to have him be more involved, I believe, in the red zone too. So that's the only thing that's really been keeping Tyrell Williams afloat because if you take his touchdowns away, you're just looking at a guy who's averaging three to four catches for 35 yards. Not very impressive. While Carlos Hyde has been getting a healthy amount of touches with the Houston Texans, has even been looking at getting 20 carries in a game in a few games already so far this season. He's in an offense that puts him in an opportunity to have goal line touchdowns and have actual chances to produce real fantasy value. Yes, absolutely 100%. I would trade Tyrell Williams for Carlos Hyde in a heartbeat, Cirilla, in a heartbeat. That's going to wrap up the show for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I hope it prepares you guys for your Thursday night and early Sunday game matchups. We'll be back tomorrow with the 4 o'clock, the Sunday night, and the Monday night games. And, of course, with more injury report and another mailbag segment for you guys to look forward to, too. So make sure you get those questions in because I'm still selecting who I'm going to have shouted out on the show. And I hope you guys tune in tomorrow. And I will see you all very, very soon. I will have videos up. Up. Uh, before I forget, I will have videos up on Sportscaster this week. I'm going to do a rankings video and an injury report video. I'm just not 100% sure exactly when I'm going to drop each one. The injury report video and the rankings video could come Sunday morning, maybe one Saturday night and then one Sunday morning. We'll see how it goes. Make sure you're following me on Twitter and on Facebook uh, for those updates for not just the player news update notifications, but also I'll update you when I'm going to put content out. So on Twitter at MDSFF show on Facebook at MDFF show. And of course, make sure you're checking out the rankings, which I do expect to have up by either uh, later on Thursday afternoon or Friday on the website, MDFF show. Com. Make sure you're checking out Belly Up Sports Network or any of my other two networks I'm still affil- affiliated with, Overtime Heroics and the Unwrapped Sports Network, and check those out too there because my peers all over the place are doing great work and have great content for you to be able to consume and help you out your teams and just your overall general fantasy knowledge there as well. All right, that's going to wrap it up. I hope to see you guys next time and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.